have a special treat here this morning. Ava Burton is going to read the scripture. She's about the age of a granddaughter that I have, and it's just so great to have her here. But one of the reasons it's great for me is I just feel that there's no more important ministry in the church than children's ministry. And we try to invest in that in every way we can. And so she is going to read the scripture just now. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village from Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When they saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up. Take your mat and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home, praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Amen. Thank you so much, Ava. That's great. God bless you. It's wonderful to have so many people who are all energized and excited and involved in inviting people. And there's a lot of that going on that we're just praising the Lord for. Great to see this great crowd here this morning. So we're going to hear a little testimony of how that all comes together. My name is Lucinda Butland, and I am a hairdresser. I have my own salon downtown Moncton. I'm a single mother of an eight-year-old boy. I grew up in the country. I was adopted when I was a baby, well, four months old, from, by a single mother. Um, my mother was the oldest of six girls in a really strong Christian family. Um, she never married, and she was the first single woman in New Brunswick to adopt a child. When I grew up, um, I was a regular teenager. That's when I turned away from Maine from the church. I was doing what all the rest of the kids were doing, following the wrong crowd and uh, being in the wrong place at the wrong time drinking and smoking and parties and all that. I would go to church occasionally. It was after I had Caden that I started coming regularly to the church, specifically because of the children's program at Moncton Wesleyan. That's what brought me to church. That's when we became regular churchgoers again. Every Sunday, I was raised in the church, and it was really important to me that he be raised in the church as well. I feel so blessed and thankful that I survived the time that I was living my life on my own. I'm so blessed to be back in the arms of Jesus. How can I serve him? How can I raise my son up to be more like him? Moncton Wesleyan has been a really it's been a big part of my journey because that's where I came back to the Lord was there I started working in the preschool because 
I needed to serve. It's really important to get kids, when they're young, to know more about Jesus. I want to use my business. I'm hoping to reach more people. I ask people that sit in my chair if they go to church and if they'd like to come to church with me and they have kids and usually if there's anything happening at the church I have posters or leaflets here to encourage people to come. Something for everyone in Edmonton Westland. I kind of feel like a newborn baby. You know, starting out life all over again. I'm, I'm eager to learn. I've gone to Alpha and Beta and Word twice. <laughs> I really enjoyed all those programs. I'm, I'm really looking to constantly trying to learn more, but I'm also really anxious to share what I've learned with other people. I want to reach people. That's, I guess, what the church has taught me. Even though I'm somewhat introverted, I gotta get outside of my comfort zone. <laughs> I see my life as just normal, like anybody else's. But I, but I think there are a lot of people that that have been introduced to church and fallen away from the church, and kind of need they need a little nudge to come back. The great thing about Moncton Westland is because it's so inviting to anyone at any any age, any ethnic background, any, um, you know, wherever you've been in your life, wherever you are right now, it doesn't matter, just come. Well, I want people to learn how, how loving God is and how they need God in their life. I think most people appreciate an invitation. Um, you know, people will talk about Oh yeah, I was thinking about going to church. We thought about it, or I want to reach as many people as I can um, so that everyone can know about God. So I know my part is to invite people to church. It's one of our responsibilities. We are God's hands and feet, and we are we should be inviting everyone that we know that, that doesn't know about God to come and learn more about God. My name is Lucinda Butler. Well, thank you, Lucinda. I was thinking, I hope, I think I'll go see if she can do something with my hair, maybe. Uh, but you know, it occurred to me, it is wonderful people are inviting and have done that, and many of us are here because people have invited us, and in fact, probably most of us. But it is far more meaningful when we have something that we can pass to them, and that it makes it tangible, and they can look at it later, and maybe not respond to it right away, but maybe at a later time when they're going through something in their life, they'll look at this and see some of these titles. And so uh, it's just wonderful to be able to have this little tool to help us in the journey. Well, we heard a great scripture about a tremendous invitation and people responding to that invitation and doing going through some pretty difficult things in order to make sure that that invitation did its work, and, and, and it fulfilled its purpose, is what I'm trying to say. And I hope you're fulfilling God's purpose in your life. You see, if we all have purpose, and, and this is the highest purpose, to be in harmony with His purpose, which is to have a part in helping to get somebody to Christ, and this is one great way to do that, as we will see in this scripture as well. But the one thing that excited me as I read that scripture, it said in the 17th verse, the power 
of the Lord was present to heal them. And aren't you happy and glad and thrilled when you can be in an atmosphere like this when you just sense the power of the Lord is present to heal them? And that's a wonderful thing about the time of worship and the kind of music and the kind of thing. I have people saying to me all the time how they were so moved, they were so touched, and they brought to tears and all of this kind of thing. Why? Because the power of the Lord is present to heal them. And wouldn't it be tragic that people would miss out unnecessarily in experiencing that power of the Lord experiencing what they need the very most because they didn't think that they should come unless they were invited. And so this is a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous opportunity. And as I think of these men that went after this man, there's some things to think about that. Uh, they must have had something really happen to them that motivated them, and they were not going to be distracted or deterred. They just felt it was important to get this man to Christ because of his sinful condition, because of his physical condition, and, and because they saw the importance of it, they were prepared to do something about it. Now, <laughs> my thinking is, people being people, uh, in order for, to get that many to go after this, this guy, there are probably, according to another scripture, there were four that went after him. And, uh, and, and, and so it could be the other three didn't even want to do it. But I think one of those guys thought it was so important that he convinced the rest that maybe didn't see it as something they really wanted to be involved in. You know what I wish would happen? I wish that guy would be resurrected and he'd come up here and talk to us about the importance of inviting people to get people to Jesus so we'd all feel it and see it and see how it works. Now, this sick man may not even have wanted to come. You know, he may have thought, oh, I don't want to go through all that. That's embarrassing. You never know. Or on the other hand, it could have been that he was just waiting, hoping that somebody would give him an invitation to come to meet this great man, Christ, and see his power, uh, power displayed in the way it was. And you know what's happening here? This happens over and over again. The people who come in here for the different concerts that go on here, through the rentals and what have you, people are asking over and over and over and over again, can anyone come? There's a something within people's minds that they have to be invited because they're not sure that just anyone can come. Those people are out there by the hundreds that we can talk to and we can invite. I had more fun this past week than I've had in a long time. It's just wonderful to have this little tool to be able to pass to people. And I was uh, going to McDonald's down in Champlain early in the morning, and so I've been talking to some people down there and giving them, passing these out. One guy looked at it, saw the titles, and he uh, said, well, you know, yeah, I think, I think I'd like to do that. And then the next morning, I asked another guy, and he looked at the guy I'd asked the morning before, and he said, are you going? And the guy said, yeah, I think I will. He said, well, if you go, I'll go. And so the next morning, the guy that said that, he said, I'll see you on Sunday. So if you're here, I hope you are, welcome to this place. And, uh, and hopefully they'll continue to come. And then there are several others I had the opportunity to talk to. And it 
helps to get a conversation going that is very important. It's in fact the most important conversation because it has to do with eternal life. I know of one person who's got a bunch of these on her desk and uh, at work. In fact, they own the they own the, the that particular uh, work, and uh, and so they've got these, and people pick them up and they look at the titles, and and some have said, you know, that's something I think I. Uh, what I want to hear, I want to go to. And so it just works in so many ways. Folks, come on up to the platform here. I just want to hear people, hear, give people a chance to hear how this really works in real life. This is Bill Nickel, his wife, Flora, and daughter, Ruby. And uh, these folks are just consistent inviters. But Bill, I want to ask you first of all, how was it that you first came here? Well, actually, it was an invitation from Dave Stultz. And Dave Stultz. Dave, are you here this morning? Oh, he might be out trucking. All right, we'll have to have a little talk with him. But uh, anyway, uh, Dave, now if Dave invited me, I'm telling you what, he's about this high and about 300 pounds. If he invited me, I would be there. Anyway. Yeah, so Dave, Dave invited me to the service, and uh, Dave was passionate about the church. He just didn't say it was a good place to come and praise the Lord. He said it was a great place. It was an amazing place. He was passionate about his invitation. Did you say anything about the preacher? No, I'm just, I am joking entirely. Don't, don't, don't respond to that, please. Go ahead, continue actually, on. Actually, Move right along. Actually, Pastor B is the only guy that I showed a key to him, and I said, what does this key to belong to? And he knew it belonged to a 56 Chevy. There so that's pretty sharp. That was my first car. <laughs> Continue on. Yeah, so uh, as a result of that invitation, I started to come here. And, and my wife, of course, is from, uh, Flor is, uh, is from Costa Rica and, and Ruby. And uh, we uh, go to a Christian church in Costa Rica as well. Yep. And so uh, as, uh, I also had an invitation. I was down there for uh, dental surgery. And uh, Flor invited me to her Christian church in Costa Rica, which is very similar to this church. Right. It's every bit as big. It's a big balcony, and it's full. Yeah. It's full of people. Well, and that's as we continue to do what we're supposed to be doing so that people can get in on that power of the Lord present to heal them, same thing's going to happen. Yes, they're passionate and, and yeah. about praising the Lord. So then as a result, we, we as a family invite people. I mean, from spaghetti dinners at our house uh, when Ruby was in middle school and she'd invite her, her, her friends that we would join hands and praise the Lord at our meal. Then I would bring them to youth here and they, they would uh, uh, praise the Lord in, in the, wow. the group setting. And Floor with uh, my wife, Floor with uh, her friends, her Spanish friends and multicultural friends, we invite them and and there's one story with that, that uh, Floor invited one lady, Mary Delsey, to the church. And we used to pick her and her daughter up on the way to church and bring them here. And then she invited her friend, Joanne. So Joanne is carrying Now, Joanne comes with her, and they've invited people as a result of that as well. So it just on, go on, goes on down the line. And I think what we have to realize, when people are invited, and, and because they were invited and because of their experience in coming to know the Lord, they highly value that way of doing things. It just makes them feel how important it is. Ruby, i got to shake your hand. You invited these kids to your home and then to church, to, to youth. And did some of them come? Yes. Wonderful. Isn't that great? Praise the Lord. 
You probably got something else you want to say, Bill? I just have uh, the highlight of my invitation, and this is how powerful it is, how it grows. And, and when you see a row that's almost filled with people that you invite, it's, it's, it's praise to God. It's not yeah. to me. Yeah. And the, one of my highlights is I invited another neighbor, Stacy, and her son, Anthony, to the church. And they started coming to the church. Anthony was younger then. He got involved with the youth group. As a result, he decided he wanted to be baptized in this church. That's right. And he asked me to be with him in the baptismal, Amen. which was what a great honor. So that, yes, you know, yes. it's just amazing. So he yep. gave his heart to the Lord, and we praise God for all he does in this Amen. church. And hallelujah. We want to see the church that is full. Amen. Because if we just, every person here invited one other person, we would fill the place up. Yes, sir. Wow. That's going to happen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, guys. That is absolutely wonderful. And uh, you see, the thing that I think about more than anything else, I guess, or I shouldn't say more than anything else, but one of the things that's on my mind, I want to see you experience God's fullest blessing in your life. That, that's what I want to see for, for our people who are here. And I know that when you get involved in this kind of thing, the great blessing, I mean, Bill and Flora have that role filled with people seemingly just about every Sunday, and I get down there and meet new people because it works, it works, it works, it works. And all the people said, amen, amen. it works. But we have to get up and we have to do something about it. Now, let me tell you, these guys had more obstacles to deal with than any of us will ever have in this city or surrounding area. I mean, there were the Pharisees who were just critical, nasty people, and the doctors of the law, these highly educated, intimidating people that were in the way. They didn't even have enough gumption to get out of the way themselves so that they could get this man to Jesus. They just stayed there, and so these guys had to get pretty creative and innovative to an extreme, which none of us would ever have to go through, but there were severe obstacles to keep them from getting this man to Jesus. You know, the only obstacle that we have in our part of the world today, the only obstacle is you. You don't want to be an obstacle? Shake your head no. I don't want to be an obstacle. I want to be a help. And many of you are, and God bless you for that. And you've got the ownership, and you're willing to go for it. And, and so our difficulties are minimal. Now listen, if we were in a communist country where it was forbidden, or a Muslim country where it was forbidden, that's a different story. But in our culture here, for the most part, it is not forbidden, it is welcome. And so there's no reason not to be doing it. And these guys could have had all kinds of excuses to keep them from going they, because they saw these problem-imaginating, trouble-predicting, failure-visualizing, obstacle-envisioning Pharisees standing right square in the way. And we have nothing or nobody that's standing in the way of us getting people to Christ. But you know, there's a few little problems sometimes. There's fear that people have. You know, let me say this to you. The bark of fear is far worse than its bite. It is of no consequence whatsoever. The only thing that we really need to fear is fear. Because that's what's going to keep us, the fear of fear. There's nothing to fear. So these guys, they had good reason to be afraid. We don't have reason to be afraid. Have we, are we, I think we just have to decide 
uh, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I've been in my lackadaisical, lazy, easy-going comfort zone for too long. It's time to snap out of it and get with it and be deliberate, be intentional, be direct, be definite, be, uh, be determined, and just decide that. It's an, it's an act of the will. It's a decision. This, these guys had to make a decision to go after this man. They anticipated most likely all the difficulties that there would be, but those difficulties did not stop them. You know, back a long time ago, and this guy is a guy I went to, and I'm going to tell you about is a guy I went to college with, and we were good friends and still the best of friends today. He's moved away from here uh, not too long ago, but uh, and one time I met him in the lobby of the church and was asking him about doing something in the church. And he said, well, pastor, I, I'm just, I'm really just not comfortable doing that. And I said, I called him by name, I said, comfortable? What's that got to do with anything? And I'm telling you, if there's any people that need to get out of their comfort zone, it's God's people. And, and, and be willing, if we believe what we say we believe, our comfort zone is not going to keep us in a rut to keep us from inviting people to come and hear about Jesus. It's just not going to happen. Uh, now, maybe this isn't good enough to help you to break through. And I know that because you don't think it's real, you're not going to be too excited here when I tell you this. But if I could find somebody who was a multimillionaire and say to you, I will give you $100 for every person you invite to this church. Do you think that would? No, you say, I'm too spiritual for that. I would just like to see how spiritual you really are. What you could do is pay that person that you're inviting to come, pay them $50 and keep the other 50 for yourself or whatever. But, you know, when my friend said that to me, he said, that he just didn't feel comfortable. I said, I'm, I'm so tempted to want to call him by name, but I, I called him by name and I said, I don't expect those soldiers over in Germany when the bullets were whizzing around their heads, they were in muck and mire and their feet were freezing and they were hungry and tired and, 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 and didn't know whether they're going to live or die. I doubt that they were very comfortable, but they had a cause. They had a cause. Do we have a cause? Do we have a cause, my friends? We have the greatest cause on the face of this earth and the history of the world, the cause of Christ, the cause to see people come to know Jesus as Savior. There is no greater cause. And so that will help us to break through and to have faith. Now, the, the verse 20 says, because of their faith, he healed the man, he forgave the man's sins. And, uh, you know, when I stopped and thought about that faith, we can have faith, but these men put feet under their faith. It, if it's real faith, there will be feet under the faith. There's something that will be done about the faith if the faith is sincere and true and real. And so they had enough faith that it caused them to be motivated to go after this man and get this man to Jesus. It was Watchman Nee, the great 
author, Chinese author. I know this is not political correct, but I'm going to do it anyhow. Watchman Nee, they asked him how it was that he saw so many people come to Christ, how it was that he was seeing such great success in his ministry. And here's what his answer was. I get on my knees and I talky, 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 and then I get on my feet and I walky, walky, walky. Well, I'll tell you, that is the key, not only to talk to God, but get on our feet and do something about what we have talked about. And God is ready, willing, wanting, waiting for that kind of obedience, that kind of participation. Most fail in Christian life, not because they aim too high and miss, but because they aim too low and hit. And so let us aim high here for the greater good, for the cause of Jesus Christ. Now, I know it's a little difficult to get started, to get going with it. we got to form a different habit, maybe. Maybe it's just not been on our radar, something we haven't really thought about that much. And, and, and I find myself even sometimes not remembering when I should have passed out one of these and, and feel like going back and give them a special invitation. So getting something going it always takes more energy than to keep it moving. And once you get started at it, you won't want to stop because you'll get the blessing and the joy that comes from seeing what God has done. But we know what happens with some people, and I expect nobody here. We need, as the Bible says, to awake because it is complacency, and we've got it so good and we've got it so easy, complacency and apathy that keeps us from moving and doing and being what God would have us to move, do, and be. Ephesians 5, 14 says, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine in you. And I'll tell you, when you get involved in what we're talking about, as I've seen so many people do, you will shine like you have never shined before because of the blessing that it will be bringing, that will be coming to you. You know, we all hear people complaining about people not going to church and, and this day and age in which we live and the churches are dying and people are critical that go to church of those who are not going to church. Did you ever stop and wonder why that is? You know, I was born and brought up on a farm and we had to put our crops in in the spring. It was an urgent time of the year. And then in the fall, we would reap the harvest of those crops. Jesus talked about the fields being white under harvest. Let me tell you, we cannot see a harvest if we don't plant a crop. And the scripture says in James chapter 5 and verse 7, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. And wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be silly if the farmer got out there in the field after not having planted the crop and was just cursing and complaining about where's the crop? How come we got no crop? What's going on here uh, that we don't have a crop to harvest? And I'll tell you, my friends, the thing that's going to make a difference in having the crop to harvest and wherever this is being done and wherever the people of God are doing it and they're being intentional about it and, they're, and they're, they're mean, they really mean business, the church of Jesus Christ that has that kind of a congregation is a church of Jesus Christ that is alive, dynamic, and growing because people are energized, excited, and have purpose. That makes all the difference in their life. So the only reason for lack of harvest will be us. That's the only reason for a lack of harvest. We don't have to worry about the results that much. I read about Michael Jordan, who was a famous basketball player. He lost 
He missed, rather, 9,000 shots. And he lost 300 games. But he also won some because he didn't give up. You know, someone has put it, the greatest ingredient in success is failure. Failure plus failure plus failure plus failure plus failure plus failure equals success if we don't make failing the last chapter. And so as we do what we need to do and keep doing it, God is going to bless and his church is going to be alive and well and things are going to happen. So who do you invite? I know sometimes people have a little problem trying to figure that out. Well... You invite neighbors and friends and co-workers and students and relatives and strangers. There's no limit to the number of people that we can be inviting. And the greatest enemy of all, just remember this, the greatest enemy of all is the enemy that comes into your head. And we know where that, what inspires that. And that enemy says someone else will do it. You don't have to worry about it. Everybody's responsibility becomes nobody's responsibility. And when we have that attitude, then we're not enjoying what God has meant for us to enjoy. So let's make our Christianity come alive. You see, when they finished, they said, boy, you guys' timing is good. I am right ready to come to a conclusion. Usually they come out about 10 minutes before wanting me to come to a conclusion, but I'm all ready to come to a conclusion. And so... Now you interrupted me, guys, and I forgot what I was going to say. No, I remember. It says they were amazed, all the people, even those Pharisees and doctors of the law, they were amazed and they praised God. And I'm saying to us, my friends, as we all continue to get involved in this, you will be amazed. And not only that, there is great power in praise. And there's nothing greater to praise the Lord for than seeing somebody come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. And as you see that happen as a result of your invitations, you will experience power that comes through doing what God has called us to do and being able to praise him for what he has done.